knocked me for six, I ended up being in a completely different place in my life than I expected to be. I'd gone from being confident and knowing what I was doing, knowing what my vision of life was, to not being able to get out of bed in the morning. And and this uh, kind of kicked off a whole period of personal discovery for me. I had therapy. Therapy brought me back from non-functioning to functioning again, I always say. But it was my journey of personal development and understanding my mindset and the power of our thoughts that took me from functioning back to fabulous. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors and Wrapped, the show that brings you remarkable insights and practical steps to help you in becoming the best version of yourself. We're your hosts, Roz and Mike. We both didn't have it easy growing up. Through our story, we've made it our life mission to ensure every young individual will have the opportunity that we didn't have. This would be achieved through offering you unrivaled access to mentors and coaches and the opportunity to help you uncover how they impact our lives. Our vision is to have a world whereby we can all help shape each other's lives through shared experiences and carefully applied tools and systems that has been tried and trusted. Good morning, Michelle. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors of Rats. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, it's so great to be here. I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So for our listeners, today we're talking to uh, Michelle Reeves. And today's topic is five steps to ditch self-doubt and supercharge your clarity to live a life full of purpose and intention. And as per our usual, um, I guess, format, we are going to launch in and ask Michelle to tell us about herself. So I'll hand over the controls over to you, Ross, to kick it off. Yeah, so <laughs> I think you've basically put it out there, Mike. But um, before we dive in, because, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's probably hung up on the title, self-doubt, right? Um, that little monster that speaks to you inside. But before we dive into that, Michelle, tell us, you know, who is Michelle? So, no problem. Thank you so much again for inviting me today. So, my name is Michelle Reeves. I am the director of the This Is My Era Academy. Uh, This Is My Era is a personal development company based out of the US. And uh, we create a 90-day planner which helps people through a step-by-step goal system. And it builds in a lot of what I'm going to be talking to you about today, uh, which is really interesting. But I'm also a certified life and business coach. Um, and I work with uh, entrepreneurs and help them to overcome a lot of the mindset issues that we have when we're kind of first starting out building our businesses and, uh, you know, as we as we grow. Uh, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, a little bit of background just to explain a bit about why mindset kind of is so important to me and why I'm so passionate passionate about it is um, I haven't always been kind of very confident person. Um, I had a, a background in corporate. So I've got over 15 years experience in corporate life. Um, I was at the top of my game presenting to boards, absolutely loving life. And then uh, in 2008, my husband came home, my husband Stuart came home and said, hey, how do you fancy going to live in China for a year? And I didn't fancy going to live in China for a year, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) I was really enjoying my job. I had a great career. I was loving life. Um, But, you know, opportunities don't come along like this very often, do they? So I said, okay, no worries. I'll quit my job. This is your opportunity. I'm going to support you. Let's go do it. So we went and lived in Shanghai for what ended up being four years. 
Um, wow. Yeah, it was a, a long journey. Now, at this time, we were struggling with our fertility and about to start our fertility journey together um, as a couple. And we had fertility treatment in China. Um, and as part of that, unfortunately, what happened is, to cut a long story short, I ended up having a very traumatic birth and suffered postnatal depression with a premature baby. And that experience, it really knocked me for six. I ended up being in a completely different place in my life than I expected to be. I'd gone right. from being confident and knowing what I was doing, knowing what my vision of life was, to not being able to get out of bed in the morning. And, and this uh, kind of kicked off a whole period of personal discovery for me. I had therapy. Therapy brought me back from non-functioning to functioning again, I always say. But it was my journey of personal development and understanding my mindset and the power of our thoughts that took me from functioning back to fabulous. And I don't think people have to have gone through a major traumatic event to experience something in their life where they're not where they thought they would be and how do they claw their way back to that place that they were trying to get to and I think what we're talking about today self self self-doubt and effectively the way our mind sabotages us is vital for everyone to have as a tool to help them to get back to that place wow guys what an intro you know I'm I'm just sitting here and I'm shocked like Michelle, you're a superwoman, you know? So you can (laughs) sit here now and tell your story. Fantastic. Um, I love the intro. Um, I feel like I know Michelle now. Okay, anyway, so let's move on, guys. So what what creates self-doubt, Michelle? Tell us. So self-doubt really says, I am not X enough. Self-doubt is, I am not good enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever enough. Yeah. And that happens when generally, whenever we try and step out of our comfort zone, where we know what we're doing, everything's easy, we're comfortable. When we try and step into our growth zone, which is where all personal and professional development happens, that is where our brains start to say, hmm. I'm not X enough. And that is because in between our comfort zone and our growth zone is what I call the messy middle. And it doesn't matter whether you are a student trying to do your exams or whether you're just starting a new job or whether you're trying to grow a, you know, a, a, a good business into a multi-million dollar business. It doesn't matter. That messy middle always exists. And in that messy middle, that's where challenge sits. And it's therefore where our brain kicks in. And there's a number of different reasons why that happens. So we generally give ourselves a hard time. (laughs) Most people give themselves a really hard time because we expect, we have this expectation that we should know more or be more or have more than we've got. So expectation leads to that. And that creates a gap. Uh, in between where we are and where we think we should be. And we wonder why we haven't met our own expectations or sometimes the expectations of other people that are overlaid on us. Could be parents or teachers, um, you know, social media, big part to play here in terms of creating expectation that we feel we have to meet. 
Yeah. So expectation is a big thing. And then if we overlay a negative mindset on top of that, that leads us to see that that gap that we've created is our fault. Yeah. So we see that gap as being something that is our problem. And what we do then is we look outside of ourselves to try and validate and say, you know, is that right? So we start to compare ourselves with other people. Yeah. So that's the second thing that happens with self-doubt. So the first is expectation. The second is comparison. So, and there's nothing wrong actually per se in comparing ourselves with other people. It's part of what we do naturally to find our, you know, our natural place in the world. You know, it's how we establish ourselves. But if we, you know, come from a place maybe of, of low confidence, low self-esteem, um, and there's a big link between low, low self-esteem and self-doubt. They're not exactly the same, but, but there's a big link between them. Then the gap that we see between ourselves and other people becomes this negative overlay over everything that we do. Yeah? And it can lead to things like imposter syndrome, and it can yeah. lead us to, to quitting. So often when we compare ourselves with other people, what we're doing unconsciously, and social media has been, has been um, you know, so I think social media is fantastic in some ways for enabling us to be inspired by people, but it can also be quite detrimental because what we do is we look at things like social media and we compare what I call other people's on stage with our behind the scenes. And, and uh, Pastor Steve Furtick talks about this. He talks about other people's on stage and our behind the scenes. So we look at what other people are doing and we look at the gloss and the glamour and the, you know, all of the, the makeup and the photoshopping, you know, where everyone's got yeah. high cheekbones yeah. and big lips. Yeah, it's just not reality. But we look at that and our brain goes, I am not that. Therefore, something's wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we have a choice at this point, and depending on how, you know, where we are in a sort of positivity or negativity, we can either see that as being, um, a, a, you know, a choice of inspiration. We can say, hey, that person is doing so well. Look at them out there, you know, selling books, doing online courses, getting a new job, you know, whatever it might be, hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever it is we're trying to achieve. We can say if they can do it, I can do it. And that's where we can use this as inspiration. But self-doubt often leads us to use a, a choice of scarcity. And what happens with scarcity is our brain says, if they've got it, it means I can't have it because they've taken my share. Wow. This is really interesting the way our brains work because our brains sort of operate on a, a, a kind of an idea of there's only so much of anything. Yeah. So the scarcity mindset says, if they've got it, it means I can't have it. They're better than me. Therefore, I'm not going to be able to have it. So that's the second thing that goes on. So we've had expectation and we've had comparison. And then when, when all this happens and we are in this process, in this messy middle that's going on in our brains, and we see ourselves then less as less than, fear kicks in. Yeah. So fear kicks in because we see that gap. And we see ourselves trying to go through the messy middle and we go, well, what will other people think as I'm trying to do this, as I'm trying to be something that I'm not yet? And we start having what if thoughts, which create a negative spiral. Yeah. What if this happens? And then what if that happens? And what if that happens? And what <laughs> we're doing is we're projecting into the future all these negative things that haven't even happened yet. But don't we just feel it in our bodies? I'm sure anyone that's listening can know what that fear looks like and how it feels yeah. inside our bodies, even though we haven't done it yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is the power yeah. of our mind. So whenever we try and step into our growth zone and we feel that fear, what happens is in our brains, our survival brain kicks in. So our survival brain, we've had it, you know, ever since we start, you know, cavemen and women, and we were trying to organize our place in the world, we had our survival brain, it was really important to us, because fear at that point could kill us, anything dangerous out there could literally kill us, right. But the interesting thing is, our brain doesn't tend to see a difference between danger that exists physically, and danger that exists just at the level of our thoughts. Right. And this this is a really interesting thing that happens. So when our brain sees danger at the level of thought, so uh, that could be emotional pain, you know, embarrassment, um, you know, looking bad to other people, failing at something, you know, all those are kind of emotional, you know, pain, if you like, danger. What happens is something called the motivational triad kicks in. And this is like a, if you can imagine this as a three-point triangle, it's three things that happen. Our brain says, okay, we're not doing that because that is really scary. So what we're going to do is we're going to avoid that danger. We're going to seek pleasure instead, and we're going to do as little as possible. So if we go back to our caveman and caveman brain for a second, if there was like a sable-teeth tiger out there, we'd be like avoiding that danger, not going over there. We'd be seeking pleasure. Let's go back to the tribe. Let's sit around a nice warm fire. Let's have something nice to eat and talk with our friends and do as little as possible. I need to rest so that I have enough energy to run away if that same tooth tiger comes anywhere near me, right? So in our modern brain and, you know, fear comes up and anxiety comes up and, oh my gosh, I've got to do this Facebook live, but what if it all goes wrong and technology goes wrong and people think I'm stupid or what if I'm going for this job interview and I mess it up and I don't say the things I should say? Our brain goes, well, let's avoid that. Let's not go anywhere near that. Let's quit on that. Let's go seek pleasure. Let's go watch Netflix. Let's go shopping. Let's go overeat. Let's go drink. Whatever it might be that is our thing. And we do as little as possible. And little as possible is great. Little as possible is procrastination. Little as possible is indecision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for those of us that are high achievers, do as little as possible is perfectionism. It's overlearning. I will go and do that, but I just have to do this one more course first. Yeah. 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 That is still quitting. It's still our brain quitting, right? Yeah. And we can justify that quitting, can't we, people? I mean, I know I can. Like, we can justify it. Oh, well, that, you know, that book I read, it was the author's fault. The reason I didn't take action was it wasn't written very well. You know, that course I did, the reason I haven't taken that further is because the teacher was bad. Right. We justify the reason that we quit so much stuff. So, you know, I have been chatting for ages, but kind of this is what, you know, what happens with self-doubt. It's this journey between our comfort zone into our growth zone. And if we recognize that and recognize that that's coming up because we are about to do something amazing, then we can start to break down those thoughts. And I can, I can explain a little bit about some tools that I can share with your listeners, but a way to break down those thoughts so that we can have them serving us instead of sabotaging us. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for that. Um, just to go back and hone in, you were, you were saying about self-esteem and self-doubt. They're not the same. For our listeners, if you can just clarify what each one basically is. Um, so, just for, yeah, our yeah. for sure. So self-esteem is kind of how we see ourselves. 
So it's our view of ourself. So, you know, how good or bad am I at anything? Um, And self-doubt is the thoughts that we're having about not being good enough at something. So the two kind of come go hand in hand, but uh, but they can be slightly different because you can have high self-esteem. So feel really good about yourself, but have self-doubt in a particular area. Yeah, right. If you have low self-esteem overall, you're going to have self-doubt in most areas. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that, that was that was a lot to, I was trying to make notes, but I think it was quite deep, which which we love. Um, yeah. I would love for you to move straight onto the tools because I think you've, you've, you've staged it so nicely that there are clear consequences of self-doubt um, in the sense of moving from your comfort zone to your growth zone in that messy middle. We... A lot of us, I'm sure, can can empathize and whether you are sparring or whether you are somebody who, you know, just does a day-to-day, you know, activities, there's, there's things that we do that causes self-doubt. And, and like you said, self-doubt is something which is inherent, right? But I'm keen to to get your thoughts on how do we overcome that? Can we overcome it? How do we overcome it? And if I'm a listener out there who is thinking, you know, this is certainly a problem which I'm trying to, I've been battling with for, for several years, several months. How am I going to be able to overcome it without having to go out there and, and, and deploy the services of a mentor or a coach? Can I do it myself? So I'm, I'm keen to kind of tap into your insights on that. Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing to recognize is that everybody feels self-doubt yeah. and yeah. it doesn't go away when we get successful. So it doesn't matter where you are, the self-doubt is always going to be there. So you may as well learn how to deal with it. Um, So it doesn't matter if you are, you know, just coming out of school and going for a job interview, moving from your comfort zone of being at school into the growth zone of the world of work. Or if you are, you know, running a successful business and your comfort zone is the, you know, 10 people you've got in your business that that work with you day to day into your growth zone of growing that into a multi-million pound business. It doesn't matter where you are. We are constantly, because of human nature, our human nature is to grow and to develop and to want to achieve, um, even though we limit ourselves often through sabotage. Our natural nature is to want that. So, Self-doubt's always going to be there because we're always going to be trying to go from where we are now to where we're trying to get to. It could be just yeah. with, um, you know, going to the gym, trying to get stronger, trying to get better, being better on the basketball court, being better playing soccer, whatever it is, you're going from your comfort zone to your growth zone. So self-doubt is going to come up. So learning these tools, I think, is really, is really, really key. So I have one specific tool that I teach to all of my coaching clients that I'm more than happy to share. And it is, it's all about um, kind of awareness of our thoughts. So our thoughts are fundamental to our reality. We, We tend to believe that the situations that we're in cause our results. So I was in a situation where, um, for example, maybe I'm going for a job interview and, you know, nothing was right about that situation. Yeah, Uh, the the bus was late. It was raining, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's why I felt bad. That's why I failed the interview. Okay, so we tend to think our situations cause our results, but this isn't actually true. What causes our results is our thoughts. So there's a model that I use with my coaching clients called the STEER model, S-T-E-A-R. And anybody can use this model. 
And the model says that what we do when we're in a situation where we're feeling self-doubt, or we're feeling challenged, we're in that messy middle, we take the STEER model and we write literally S-T-E-A-R down the side of a page. And then you're going to take at the top your S is the situation that you're in. And you are literally going to write out, just journal out, take some notes. What is the situation that I'm in? And it's purely facts, no emotion, right? Just what you would hear in a court of law, yeah? This happened, this happened, this happened. That's the situation I'm in, right? Then we move on to the next level, which is the T level. And T is our thoughts. And we journal out all those thoughts, all those inner niggly thoughts that, you know, that inner mean girl or inner mean guy who is just berating us and telling us how bad we are, we write all that stuff down. All of the thoughts that we're having, okay? Two bonuses of this. One is it gets it out of our head, which is always yeah. a good thing. Um, yeah. And just a sense of perspective, because we can look at those thoughts with a sense of perspective. Then what we do is we say, right, how am I feeling right now? What's what's the, you know, what's the emotion? This is the E part of the STEER model. What are my emotions? An emotion is energy in motion. That's why we feel it in our bodies, even though, you know, it just comes from our thoughts. Yeah. Think about being on a roller coaster, right? Just before you get on the roller coaster, how does your body feel? Your stomach starts tumbling. You might start to feel a bit sick. You're full of nervous energy. You haven't even gotten the thing yet. It's because your brain is anticipating it. You are thinking about what's going to happen. So thoughts create our emotions. Our emotions then move us into the next line of the model, which is our results. So we say, right, what results did I get in this situation? What were the results that I got? Okay, S-T-E-A-R. So sorry, just before that, you've got A, which is the action. A A is the actions that you took, and R is the results of those actions. So this allows us to interrogate situations we can say, right, what was the situation? What were the thoughts I was having? How was I feeling? What are the actions that I was taking? And what results did I get? Okay, anything you go through, you can use this model. Now, why is this important? It helps us to become aware of how our thoughts create our results. And this is very important when we're in in a place of self-doubt, because self-doubt is just the thoughts that we're thinking about ourselves. Yeah, they're caused by, as I said before, our expectations, comparison and fear. It leads to thought. And what we don't want to happen is we don't want our survival brain to take those thoughts, kick in the motivational triad and have us eating Ben and Jerry's on the sofa. Yeah, (laughs) we love that. We do. We do, to be fair. <laughs> but we don't want that to happen. So of we course. use the STEER model to help us interrogate what's going on, become aware of these thoughts, because we can't do anything about them until we become aware of them, right? So anyone listening is like, okay, Michelle, get that, but what can I actually do about it? And this is the beauty of this model. This is why I love it so much. You flip it. You flip the model the other way around, and you start with that R line, and you say, okay, what results do I want to happen? What results do I want in this situation? So before you go do anything where you feel fear, challenge in that messy middle, what result am I looking for? What do I really want? What's my ideal vision for this situation? And you journal that thing out. It can just be bullet points. Just tap it in your phone. doesn't matter. What's the result I'm looking for? And then you move back up the model. Yeah. So what are the actions that I would need to take to make those results happen? What would I need to be doing? 
Yeah. And if you find it hard to do that with yourself, you can imagine somebody else. You can imagine your, you know, somebody who's a mentor, someone that you really, that really inspires you. What would LeBron James do in this situation? What would Brendan Burchard do in this situation? What would Tony Robbins do in this situation? Whoever your mentor is, whoever you look up to, you know, what would happen? What would Russ do in this situation? What would Mike do in this situation? Right? What are the results and what are the actions they would take or I would take to get these results? Then we move back up. What are the emotions? How would I need to be feeling in order to take that action? And then mm-hmm. the hardest bit, what thoughts would I need to be thinking about myself, yeah. about my abilities in order to have those feelings, in order to take those actions, in order to get those results? Yeah. Yeah. The situation, we don't need to go that far because the situation is not what's causing our results. It's our thoughts that cause our results. And when we know the thoughts we need to be thinking to get the results we want, we have a gift because we have the gift of choice. We can choose to think those thoughts instead of the thoughts that we have been thinking. And then it is about practice and consistency. It's about honoring our commitment to ourselves to think those positive thoughts. Well said. We we love acronym acronyms on, on the show and steer is probably one that's gonna be is here to stay. It's that steer, front and reverse. Um absolutely yeah. love it. Absolutely love it. I think I think we're gonna wrap up there. Yeah. I think I think the 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 model itself, it's so detailed that of course, you know, we are going to share some stuff in those, the, the notes on our show notes. Uh, and we maybe add some some supporting material um, that we may get from Michelle on that as well. Yeah. Definitely. But this is something which I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to use it. I journal, but I like the way you've just kind of made it into a journey. Um, and I love the, the fact that you can flip it because yeah. the flipping it gives you the control, right? In a sense of, yeah, the way you put it is, it's not about how you're feeling at the time because you've already journaled that. But now it's about how do I need to feel? Because once you start thinking about how you need to be feeling, then you're in control of your situation because that situation may not even arise. And if it does arise, you have control of that because you, you're a step ahead of that. You are always self-reflecting that this may happen, but I, I love that. I love that. Um, it's, it's just like, not just that. I just feel as if we've, with, um, and I'm sure young people can relate to what I'm going to say, I, I tend to use models at work um, when I'm working with young individuals. And what I find is it's so rigid, it's so one way, but sometimes if someone's having a certain day or feeling a certain way or in a, in a certain situation, you can flip it. Mm. So it doesn't have to be mm. the same rigid model yeah. all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. And I think what, what's so great about this model as well is it puts people into action. And so often yeah. what self-doubt is, does, it puts us into inaction. It leads us to the quitting, the inaction, the procrastination. And I think using something like this, that puts you into action. And when you're in action, you're in control. You are doing something. You're taking advantage of a situation. And we've seen people, you know, go through this dear model. My clients go through it. Um, the Reboot Your Life course that we've got in the This Is My Era Academy, this model forms part of that course. And we've seen people using it to make incredible transformations in their life. So it's uh, it's definitely a model I, I highly recommend. And you, all we need is a pen and a piece of paper. And I love that. You yeah. know, you don't need anything more than that. Yeah. yeah mentees watch this space any of my mentees listening right now we're going to be using this stick <laughs> <laughs> no thank you for, for you know for, for jumping on our show and for your time um 
and yeah, I think I think it's been for me, it's been very informative. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? Fantastic. I, I've no even no words. Okay. It's just been great. Excellent. It's been good having you, Rochelle. Um, I know we always say to our listeners, you know, we would love to bring back our guest speakers. Uh, we we we're starting to think about having kind of like version one or episode one or episode two of specific topics. Um, I know you could have spoken more about this because I, I know you, you went in the uh, self-esteem angle. Yeah. There's different branches that comes off self-doubt. It's yeah. not just, you know, on its, on its own. So again, with time permitting, you know, um, we, we may have to bring you back. But, but that said, I just want to thank you once again. And um, yeah, listeners, the one thing I, I think you need to take away is I think what I love, you, you made a comment around, your, one, your journey of personal development, and it's not an event, it's, it's, it's a process, right? It's an ongoing process. So this is something which we always have to work on, and I love that. So we're going to call it a wrap. We are. Um, on Coaches and Mentals and Wrapped, and how can our listeners connect with you, uh, your social handles? Of course, again, we'll share it on our show notes, but we're good to maybe share, share that you know, audibly to, to our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So um, if anybody's interested in reading about my journey, I've written a book about it. It's called The Happiness Habits Transformation. So that goes into loads of detail about kind of my journey, what happened to me, how I overcame it. And I share what I call my eight happiness habits, which can, you know, you can build into a daily routine. So that's available on Amazon. Um, People will find me on social. I am on Instagram every day at Michelle Reeves Coaching. So you can find me there. And uh, this is my era, which is the 90 day planners that I talked about, which build in a lot of this stuff, gratitude, inspiration, planning, goals. You can find them at thisismyera.com. Awesome. Thank you very much, Michelle. Um, It's been a pleasure. And yes, guys, that's another episode on Coaches and Mentors Unwrap. Please share, please subscribe um, and have a fantastic week until we see you next. Thank you so much. Thank you. For all the links to the resources discussed on this episode, click the details link next to the podcast. For any questions or topics you'd like to discuss, mentoring and coaching requirements, kindly drop us an email, support at cm-unwrapped.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, inch by inch you form a stitch and 1% improvement daily can help you become 37 times better in a year. That's absolutely staggering. Let's go get this, guys.